Howdy, howdy, howdy. Welcome to the Steakhouse Sports Podcast and our first regular season recap episode of the 2021 season. I'm Chris. And I'm Paul. And this week, with just one game for each team in the books, we'll overreact wildly to some games, ignore clear warning signs with other games, and speculate wildly in either case. We'll also cover how our crowd performed and announce our first weekly winner. But before we get to all that, what's up, PC? Hey, Chris. Thanks. Yeah, I'm just uh, basking in the afterglow of a glorious week one of the regular season. It was glorious. In the NFL, yeah. Extra glorious to see full stadiums once again. Yep. And um, we had some pretty awesome uh, primetime games. The the uh, Monday night game. Yeah, uh, for cap, sure. Capped off well, week, we'll talk about that in a little which, bit. Yeah, well, I don't <laughs> want to uh, spoil that, but um, that, was a, that was a cool game. Cool way to end of the week, and sure. I was just excited to be watching football again, and uh, uh, my team won. So yeah, that's another uh, another another feather in your cap. But yeah, the yeah. Um, for sure the uh, the Thursday night game was a great kickoff to the season. It was and yeah. uh, cap, capped off a nice weekend, and there was a lot of exciting uh, surprise games, and also some pretty big surprises in our first week. So yeah, uh, pretty good way to start the year, and our crowd did pretty well, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So for sure, yeah, it was just fun to be back playing fantasy football and yeah. predicting scores again. Yep, for sure. All right, well, speaking of predicting scores, if you haven't had a chance to check out the app, please head on over to SteakhouseSports.com. You can spell steak like the meat or the bet and click on the link of your preferred app store to download Steakhouse Sports and see what it's all about. Uh, so with that, let's move on to our next segment, a time-honored tradition where oh. we talk whiskey and wagers. All right. Yeah, so this is our... Uh, weekly uh, ritual where we uh, make our predictions called barrel wagers. And these are the predictions we're so confident in that we'd wager everything we own, including the clothes off our back. And if we get it wrong, we're not wearing nothing but a barrel. And uh, that correlates to whiskey because, of course, whiskey is made in barrels. Correct. So, uh, or at least so it used Paul to and I are big fans of whiskey for those who don't know. And we wanted any excuse to drink whiskey during the podcast. So here we are. That's right. And this week we're drinking... Uh, the Gig Harbor Elk Rider blended whiskey from Heritage Distilling. It's a local. I'm smelling whiskey. it now. Where where is Heritage Distilling? Is that uh, Gig Harbor? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So just uh, yeah, just oh, a little, little further that, south and uh, south and west in uh, Washington State. That was probably one of the dumbest questions I've just asked because it says Gig Harbor Elk. Elk hey, Rider. the fact that you guessed it without yeah. even though I wrote it down. Yeah, you know I'll give you credit for that. It proves that when you read ahead on a script. You're probably not really paying attention. <laughs> probably not. Well, we were focused on other stuff, but anyway. But yeah, it's a local uh, local whiskey, uh, Heritage Distilling. Uh, we we've had some of their other whiskeys on yep. here before, and and they've been solid. So, uh, looking forward to giving this one a try. Yep. All right. Well, Paul, hand hand over your glass there. All right. I'm pouring it from a distance, so you know it's going to be a little bit of a rough pour, but we'll see how it goes. All right. Anyway, yeah. So I I. I was down there at their distillery. Uh, so during the pandemic, um, because they had, you know, everything was shut down, they scrambled. They actually created uh, hand sanitizer in like oh, in right. whiskey bottles or yeah. in vodka bottles. It was pretty cool. So yeah. anyway, so we were down there, bought some more uh, hand uh, hand sanitizer plus whiskey. So cheers, cheers. Paul. All right. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Okay, let's see how it goes. Wow, that sounds weird with this table. <laughs> oh, nice. Smoky, but smooth. Good stuff. Well done. That's uh, the, very good. Yeah, the elk, the elk rider. Very nice. Very nice. All right. From Gig Harbor, no from, less. <laughs> Where is it from again? <laughs> All right. He's joking, friends. Okay. All well, right. anyway, so let's get into our uh, barrel wager. So 
Yeah. Come come right out with it. I forgot to make a barrel wager this week, so I am wearing a metaphorical barrel just out of embarrassment. Yeah. This is my punishment. But Paul, why don't you lay, this on, uh, lay your pick on us? All right. Um, okay. I picked... Uh, this was kind of an odd one, but it was one that I felt confident mm-hmm. about, so I went for it. I actually picked the under on the Chargers versus Washington football team game. Um, the the over-under line was set at 44.5 when I made my prediction. Um, I felt like that was, you know, that's a pretty standard over-under line. It's not sure. not um, super high by any by any means, but um, I, I felt like both uh, both teams had pretty solid defenses uh, starting the season. You know, in our uh, uh, preseason prediction uh, show, the last episode we did, you know, we both kind of agreed that both of these teams had had good defenses, and, and in particular the Chargers. You know, they've had. Uh, good talent on their defense mm-hmm. um the last several years but just haven't been able to stay healthy and, and all those players haven't been able to to really gel and and stay on the field together for a long period of time but uh they didn't play any of those players in the preseason wisely uh so they had all of them available uh for this first game uh the washington football team had one of the most promising defenses in the league last year i felt like and it was the only thing that kept them in the uh, in the race playoff mm-hmm. race last mm-hmm. season albeit in a, a really weak nfc east division yep. but still um they were in it uh and um you know i i felt like they were probably going to improve on that they had some young talent um and with ron rivera as their coach you know he's a pretty defensive-minded coach as it is um i i felt like uh, even with uh, the Chargers looking promising on offense as well, with Justin Herbert coming back and um, you know having some of some of their offensive weapons uh, being healthy uh, for the Chargers as well, I just uh, I felt like this was going to be much more of a defensive struggle. Uh, Chargers would be on the road to start the season as well. So um, the final score ended up being twenty to sixteen. So with a total of thirty six, it was pretty comfortably uh, comfortably under that line. A forty-four and a half, um, but I never really like to predict the under. Yeah, <laughs> it's always a, it's always kind of a crapshoot, and it's not fun. Like, I, I don't think I would ever bet the under if I was no. actually uh, wagering, especially like in a sports book or something. Yeah, it, it just would not be fun because you're on edge the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I think that the over is is by far the best the best bet to make because yeah. it's a it's a guarantee. Once you once you get it, you get it. You, yeah. nothing else can happen in the game where uh, you know, you lose. So, yeah. but the under, you're always sweating till the very end. Right. Yeah. If you're sitting in the sports book and you bet the over, you know, you could be drinking a glass of Elk Rider, you know, by halftime. Right. Exactly. <laughs> smoking a cigar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but not not the case with the under. So I was a little yeah. bit nervous. But um, uh, also Ryan Fitzpatrick, the quarterback for Washington, uh, went down with a hip injury in the second quarter and had to leave the game. Uh, as it turns out, he's going to be on injured reserve for six to eight weeks at least. So, um, yeah, that that also contributed to Washington's lack of scoring the rest of the way, um, playing with a backup quarterback. So, I, uh, not that I wanted anyone to leave the game with an injury, but I, I felt more confident in the pick after that happened. Um, so, yeah. Uh, well, congrats, Paul. Well good, done. good start to the season. And yeah. um, I really wish we had 
could do sound effects because we could just <laughs> for your cash pick, register. Should, cash, oh yeah, cash register for you. Yeah, and uh, wah wah for me. Well, more like crickets. Yeah, I love crickets. crickets. Very nice. Effect, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, in any case, I did. I I did for real though. Put money on the Seahawks like um, like two months ago when they were two and a half point underdogs. I uh, put forty uh, bucks on, so that was like my barrel wager of the nice. week. I, but but I, I I wanted to follow our gentleman's agreement that we will not make barrel wagers on uh, our each, each either of our teams. Yeah. Um, so or certainly I can't make a prediction on your team, even though that you know I was very confident that the Seahawks would have won. Yeah. I, I'm that will never you know the Seahawks will never be part of my barrel wager. All right. Um, just just out of respect for okay. the fact that like the you know I don't want. Uh, to be involved one way or the other in a loss. So. Well, I, you do recall a couple seasons ago, I, I did that by mistake. I broke oh, I that. remember. Yeah, and I know you remember it well. So you're you're playing with house money. You, it, you can do that one time. No, 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 no. Because yeah. I think I've I think I've done it in, in, anyway. So, but that was, but I did actually put money on on the Seahawks. I think I might have put char- money on the Chargers as well. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> and then I put a bunch. Then I put twenty five bucks on the Ravens across a couple of different bets that didn't work out. <laughs> but that was that was money. Of course well you spent. did. So yeah. all right. So Paul is currently ahead of me one to one zero. So we'll have to go because I might have to make two this week just to just to measure up. There so we'll go. we'll look yeah. ahead maybe and Why see. It. You see have it. to do a parlay. <laughs> So, <laughs> not to get too far into the weeds, but you know, you would never, you would never uh, a barrel wager. Would, you would never barrel wager a parlay. That no, is like the no. opposite of how you want to approach That's it. The, so, that, that, you know. that breaks the spirit of a barrel wager. No, it's not even that. It's it's uh, like basically if you're if you're hinging on two things happening, it's. Uh, <laughs> You're asking for trouble. So anyway, yeah. uh, but I will take a look ahead, I'll, and I'll make my prediction here if you yeah. want, just to get it on the record. But anyway, yeah. All right. Well, let's move ahead to the crowd results. Um, so uh, the crowd had uh, uh, what we call a bagel, which is when the crowd misses on uh, the winner, the spread, and the over/under. Um, that game was not probably not surprisingly for most was the Packers Saints. Uh, so this was the uh, wearing a barrel game of the week. So if I gave you the Packers and 35 and a half points, you'd be signing your house over to me wearing nothing but a barrel on Monday morning. So yeah. just an overall shocking game. Uh, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers, it, it kind of all fell apart when Aaron Rodgers threw a pick uh, down in, in, in the red zone on, the, I think, their first drive. And I think they were only down 3 nothing, maybe 10 nothing at that point. And then it was all over at that point. It was crazy. And the <laughs> really, defense just crushed them. It was nuts. Yeah, it really did snowball on them. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. that's. I think that's the one thing that kind of I feel like I've seen in Packers games is that when things start to go bad, they just it all falls apart. So yeah. well, um, it, it doesn't happen very often. Yeah. So when it does, it's just kind of like, Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I think the last time that happened was probably, uh, in that NFC championship game two seasons ago and they right. lost to the 49ers and yep. they just, the 49ers literally, I think they passed the ball eight times. Yeah, and, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and they just ran all over and it was like watching a college game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyhow. Yeah. The, so the next category, uh, on the positive side, uh, the crowd hit, three trifectas so the trifectas are uh the games in which uh the crowd nailed all three predictions the winner the spread and the over under uh the first uh the first of those three was the jets at the panthers um panthers were favored by three and a half points at home and the total was 44 and a half the panthers uh won the game 19 to 14 so they squeezed by with a nice uh four point cover there and uh, the game stayed pretty well under the 44 and a half. So uh, the crowd had, had predicted Carolina to win the game uh, 23 to 19. So uh, 
really not too far off points wise with the prediction by the mm-hmm. crowd there too. So a, a, a nice highlight trifecta. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, and then the uh, next game that the crowd uh, nailed all three was the Broncos. They were three point favorites at the Giants. The total was 41 and a half. The Broncos won quite handily 27 to 13, which meant that they won and covered the spread. Uh, and uh, the game stayed under that uh, 41 and a half just by a little bit. Our crowd had uh, the Broncos winning actually in a much closer game, 22 to 18, but nevertheless had the Broncos winning and covering and staying under, then hitting the, hitting the total exactly, which is kind of kind of interesting so um yeah and in that game you know the broncos are really relying on their defense which did very well uh the giants off the giants offense also i think is a real problem um so (laughs) i'm not sure what the giants have going for him but um teddy bridgewater is a very steady uh reliable quarterback so as long as that defense performs they're going to be they're going to be just fine so yeah uh, anyway i think our crowd was on it so yeah crowd was on that one and the crowd was on our third trifecta of the week as well uh, with the Seahawks being favored by three points on the road in Indianapolis against the Colts. Total was 49. Uh, Seattle won the game 28-16, to 16, so the Seahawks win cover, and the total stays under 49. The crowd had predicted uh, the Seahawks with a 26-21 to 21 victory, so nice prediction by the crowd there. And it it's worth mentioning, too. Uh, so, Chris, you said just a minute ago you, you placed a bet on this game months ago i'm I'm assuming Mm -hmm. and uh at that point the seahawks were actually two and a half point underdogs so it's notable that the the spread changed by what yeah it went uh, went across went across zero which is pretty unusual yeah it went across zero and it changed overall by five and a half points it swung five and a half points uh in in the seahawks favor so that must have been a reflection of the uncertainty around um uh carson wentz with his injury and then you know, surprisingly quick recovery yeah. um, and making it back to start uh, the week one game. Uh, but as it turned out, besides the first drive of the game for the Colts, he was pretty ineffective mm-hmm. and um, Seahawks defense seemed to get their footing. And uh, I think they ended up sacking him five times or something like that. Nice. Uh, so that, that was pretty good. And uh, the Colts, the Colts offense really uh, didn't, didn't get going the rest of that whole game. So, um, they did. They did score a late touchdown to make it close the gap by a little bit, but um, you know they went for two and failed, and that was about it. So nice win by the crowd yeah. and and the Seahawks. All right, oh, congrats, Paul, to getting uh, that first win uh, under your belt. Yeah, for sure. All right, we'll take a look at the overall crowd performance. Our crowd. Uh, for those, I guess, uh, unfamiliar with um, the scoring, you get two points for uh, picking the winner. Two points for getting the spread side and two points for getting the over under. Um, and so that's how our crowd is scored. So the crowd got 49 points. It was actually right in the middle of our overall users. Right. Um, and we should mention also the crowd score is just an average of all the predictors right, right. Uh, for each game. Yep. So yeah, everybody is predicting the final score uh, of the game for each team. And uh, we, we take all of those, of course, uh, across all the predictors for each of those games, average it out. Yep. And that's how we come up with the, the crowd score. And we're uh, when we're talking about the crowd scores, in most cases, we're we're just mentioning sort of rounding the numbers up to whole numbers. Right. But in cases where it was close enough that it uh, landed the crowd on one side of the prediction or the other, um, as compared to the the betting odds, we'll be sure to call that sure. out too. We're we're keeping it honest yep. that way, but. Um, it's a little easier to hear whole numbers. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. And, and we, and we live by the sword, die by the sword. So sometimes, 
Um, if like to say the uh, the spread is three and a half, and the crowd predicts you know a three point six seven victory, at, you know we'll, that one will count as a win. But you know, but we also have plenty where the, it has been a three point three three right prediction. You think, oh well, you're so close, but you know. And anyway, so the point is that uh, it, it kind of comes out in the wash. But anyway, the uh, so that's how the scoring works. And uh, yeah, the crowd had a fairly fairly decent uh, week for just to open up. Yeah, yeah, it was basically just just a little, just a hair under five hundred across the board for mm-hmm. the crowd. So, um, well, surprisingly, <laughs> uh, with the under five hundred record coming in the straight up, um, right. predicting the winner, the crowd was seven seven and nine against the spread, eight and eight, and eight and eight uh, with the total as well. So, um, not a bad start to. Uh, to the season week one is always kind of a crapshoot yeah very very difficult to predict especially this season when there were only three preseason games and most teams didn't play most of their players uh most of their starters i should say um in any of those preseason games or or at least if they did play it was very minimally so yeah um yeah it was really hard to get get a clear read on any any team in the nfl to be honest yeah i think that the uh the other component to be aware of is that the crowd has t- historically been really bad about predicting upsets. Um, they, they generally don't predict the underdog to win. Yeah. So, and I, and I, I'll, we'll, we'll take a look when we look uh, this week, but um, uh, there weren't too many, or excuse me, there were, there were a few underdogs that won outright. So that was a little, I think that probably is what not the, the crowd was not expecting this week so uh, but also in the first week yeah this is when we've seen some really poor performance from the crowd and I think primarily because the whole the whole idea is that it's based on the wisdom of the individuals and it's aggregated into this crowd wisdom mm-hmm. but the first week you don't really know you have some guesses about how teams are going to perform but not, you don't necessarily know uh, how they're actually going to perform when they hit the field and yeah, so yeah. Um, the the fact that the crowd started at at this sort of right in the middle is to me like actually a relatively good sign or at least it's a promising sign I should say. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So, uh all right, so that that is also uh the the weekly summary is also the uh overall uh, crowd record uh, but we will be compiling the crowd record week over week and we'll be keeping track of that and letting you guys know how uh the crowd is doing uh we are using the crowd wisdom um to place uh be compete in the um super contest over at mybookie.ag uh so the crowd unfortunately went two and three this week um they had the seahawks uh favored by three at the Colts for a win, um, had the Rams minus seven and a half versus the Bears for a win, but they also picked the Vikings minus three at the Bengals, which was a loss, and the Packers minus three, three and a half at the Saints, which was also a loss, as we mentioned earlier. But the one that really stings is the 49ers minus eight and, and eight and a half at the Lions. I got this, I got the picks in late, and it went from minus seven and a half to minus eight and a half mm. late in the week, and so I caught that minus eight and a half, and unfortunately, like, I don't know if you watched the game, the that game at all but the 49ers were up by 20 by 24 um with two minutes left yeah so that is as bad a beat as you're gonna get yeah, to, that, to for them to give up 16 points in less than two minutes is nuts yeah, so anyway yeah, that, that was a definite bad beat for sure yeah um yeah and so do you want to talk just a little bit chris about how you're um how you're picking the games to submit to the contest yeah sure so basically what we do is we uh, as as Paul mentioned, we aggregate all of the individual user predictions, and then we identify. We're basically taking some rough uh, math formulas, finding the um, the items that have like a, re- a 
that has historically shown good success um, using the standard deviation, and those are the ones that we predict. Um, so I think we're you know we're just continuing to try to like to refine how right. we're doing that. It's all you know, uh, and and then we're gonna keep trying to make improvements over the course of the season. But looked at the look at the crowd predictions, figured out which ones fell into this criteria, and those are the ones we pre- predicted in the super contest. Right, and those are the same uh, picks that come out. Uh, Partway through the weekend, right. um, you send out a, yep. a kind of steakhouse sports best bets of the week. Yep, um, these are those same picks. Yeah, exactly. So that yeah. those are posted to our Twitter at House of Steaks, but uh, you can also sign up for the newsletter on um, SteakhouseSports.com. So, yeah, great. Well, next we're gonna step on up to the hot take counter. All right, uh, the hot take counter is where we belly up to the bar, my whiskey, refill our whiskey, and uh, try to come up with a ridiculous hot take <laughs> or two um in this case you know the the hot take counter is pretty going to be pretty straightforward it's what did we learn from week one yeah. so that, um there's not really a whole lot of hot takes in here to be honest but um it's kind of just our our, our sort of assessment and, and interpretation of some themes maybe that had have emerged from uh just this one single week of the season so far um and for me if, if there's one thing that emerged from week one, it's that there were several really surprising results. Uh, you already mentioned the Green Bay and New Orleans game. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly that was a, a pretty shocking uh, outcome and, and the way that that game unfolded. Um, but that's usually true in the first week of the season because there's so much uncertainty. You know, we're just basing our preseason uh, notions and, and predictions on how teams are going to fare throughout the season, uh, really based on mostly on previous seasons yeah know? yeah um you know of course the draft influences that um coaching changes personnel changes uh, all these things that happen throughout the the off season um uh, play into those things and and maybe um kind of uh get overhyped or underhyped mm-hmm. um uh, along the way but let's uh let's try to kind of distill that and break it down a bit a little bit further by categorizing each team in the league into a few distinct groups. Um, so this is kind of where the, the hot take aspect comes into play. Um, we, we sort of broke things down into three categories. The first is the, they were who, excuse me, they were who we thought they were group either in a good way or in a bad way. So, uh, first, if you start with the contenders after week one, you know, these are, these are teams that we felt like would be playoff contenders. Um, uh, both bubble all the way up to you know Super Bowl favorites, mm-hmm. um, who fared fairly well in in the first game of the season. They either won their game or you know had a, a solid performance in a close loss. Um, so those teams we felt like were uh, Tampa Bay, the Seahawks, Steelers, Chiefs, Rams, 49ers, Chargers, Browns, even though they lost um, in Kansas City. Uh, the Broncos and the Raiders, and then uh, on the kind of on the bottom dweller side, these are the teams that you know no one was predicting to to be world beaters this season by any stretch, and uh, kind of demonstrated that that we were on the money with that. So yeah. that was the Jaguars, uh, Falcons, Lions, Bears, <laughs> Jets, and Giants. 
Yeah, I mean, I think there's if there's anything that's like hot takey about this at all, it's that we're essentially like locking in these teams after one week, which is a right. little bit of a yeah, which is probably a little silly because you know obviously things you know there's that rubber band effect where some teams start to get better and some teams you know yeah. tend to get worse, and so you know not all the teams that that we uh, labeled earlier are going to stay right good exactly. It's not exactly a hot take to say that the Jags are going to be terrible this season or. Kansas City has a chance to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that like the when we the Jaguars leading off there I think is kind of is is a little bit of a tell because I have a very strong prejudice against Urban Meyer uh, and and just because college uh college coaches in general have fared at, on on average really poorly in the in the pros right, there yeah. are, there are just a few exceptions where a, a college coach has done well in the NFL and so Urban Meyer coming in especially cuz i you know it, he it, he was just a name not someone who really showed that he could anyway it doesn't matter the That's point okay. is he, that like he'll be coaching USC next season yeah. so. <laughs> anyway the point is simply that like that it is but it is pretty silly to like even say that these teams are all going to stay on the bottom who the hell knows what's going to happen but yeah for anyway. sure um, so, you know, then, then our next one is the one where, well, the, you know, even kind of regardless of the outcome, um, the, uh, our opinions of the teams didn't change that much. And so Paul and I have a contentious one here at the end, but, uh, the Ravens. So even though the Ravens lost, it was a, that was a crazy game. They were on the road first week. They had a ton of injuries. So eh, I don't really take anything away from that. Panthers had a win, but against a pretty bad team. So still not really, you know, I, I don't know that they're either good or bad and that game didn't tell me anything. Um, the Bills lost to the Steelers in kind of a crazy defensive game. So that game could have gone either way. Same with the Patriots. Um, so those four teams, you know, Paul and I agree that they, our opinions of them don't really change. But then the Packers, Paul is, uh, his opinion has not changed despite the B down that they experienced whereas yeah. i have said okay they are i don't put them as a team the way i would say it is this is this before the season started you, i would have considered say like plus 300 for them to win the nfc championship to be pretty decent odds now if it was p- plus 300 i would say no i need i need plus 500 plus 600 to mm-hmm. uh, bet on that because it's a much longer shot yeah yeah but I, paul I, doesn't I'm... agree with that I, and I don't strongly disagree with that either. I mean, um, I certainly my I, I was shocked that the Packers played so poorly yeah. and lost by so much. Um, but it didn't it didn't sway my opinion enough to kind of knock them out of that yeah. that neutral category for me. It's only one game. Uh, any team is capable of putting up a stinker uh, at any point throughout the season. They were playing. Uh, against a team that um you know has a lot of has a lot of weapons both on offense and on defense um and this this game was moved to a neutral site of yeah. course with the hurricane um uh happening in new orleans and uh new orleans you know having to having to play elsewhere for the next month or so um so you know even though it was a technically a neutral site stadium there were i, I don't know I'd say it was probably 50-50 New Orleans slash Green Bay fans mm. there in the stadium, and um, it wasn't very full. So I, I don't know. I, I think all of those factors just kind of played into it for me. It wasn't – it's not like it was an excuse. I mean, you could just as easily say, like, oh, it's a neutral site. Like, Green Bay should have handled them easily. Yeah. Um, they had a lot of a lot more of their home, home team fans there maybe than they would have otherwise. But uh, – I don't know. It just, 
I, I felt like it was just one game. They still got Aaron Rodgers, who's one season removed from being the MVP of the league, and uh, they've been to two NFC Championship games in a row. Um, I, I, I don't know. It, it just wasn't enough to sell it for me to bump them out of that category. If they come out and struggle against the Lions, on it's on Monday Night Football yeah, this Monday week. Night, right? um, that might change things. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that because I was thinking last year – uh, about last year, as you were as you were talking just now, and I, you know what, Paul, you're right. I have to I have to adjust my thinking because the Packers got absolutely destroyed in Tampa Bay. Uh, it you know last year midseason, you know they oh, rolled right. they rolled that. the rest yeah. of the years uh, all the way up to the NFC Championship, and then you know and then that happened. But the Bucks, uh, coincidentally, also got rolled by by New Orleans in. Tampa Bay, as a matter of fact. That's so, right. They you know, do. so it is funny that uh, New Orleans in particular has had a couple of examples of uh, of beating up on on good contending teams. So yeah. you're probably right that like I am. I I, I kind of looked at it as that, that I overreacted in a way. Like I was trying to like ah let's measure be measured. No, yeah. uh, the Packers they shouldn't have lost like that. But no, they've they had a bad game last year. It just happened in the middle of the season instead of the beginning. So yep, yeah. Well, definitely not a good start by them by any yeah. by any means. But um, uh, so okay, let's move on to the the third and final category of our hot take counter uh, segment here, which is kind of we're using the stock trend analogy here. So uh, we've got stocks that are rising and stocks that are falling. Starting with uh, the rising stock, we we picked the Cowboys, Eagles, Bengals, Cardinals, Saints, Texans, and Dolphins. Um, the Cowboys, I would call out in this category for me, probably uh, maybe slightly at the top of the heap. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like they had a, a really impressive performance mm-hmm. um, to kick off the season on Thursday night against Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. Um, took that game right down to the wire, and it was competitive both ways. Yep, um, all throughout, it was a really good game, super entertaining, uh, and you know the most impressive part. Uh, for me about that game was Dak Prescott really yeah. showed up. Yep. You know, there was a huge amount of uncertainty, as, as, of course, in the media about him. You know, they were chosen to be on Hard Knocks on HBO this this season. And so there was kind of a laser focus on Dak Prescott coming back from his uh, terrible ankle injury and surgery halfway through last season. And um, just as that was appearing to be fully rehabbed and he was looking good, uh, he started having problems with his shoulder uh, that maybe proved to be a little bit overblown. Like, I, mm. I don't think his arm is back to full strength quite, but he made some really nice throws in that game and made a lot of good decisions and uh, racked up a lot of yards and yep. <laughs> touchdowns again, just like uh, sort of didn't miss a beat from last year. Yeah. He was on a pace to break the uh, uh, single-season yardage uh, passing record last season before he got injured. So, um, yeah, that was – all signs are pointing up for the yep. Cowboys after that game. Um, I would also call out the Cardinals too. Um, you know, they were, uh, uh, wait a minute. Who did they play again? The Titans. Titans. That's right. Yeah. I don't know. I forgot that. Hey, uh, inter, inter, interconference. Yeah. You know, interconference. It was a games, weird matchup you know, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's right. They were in Tennessee uh, to start the season against the Titans who we both picked to be, you know, very strong contenders yep. in, the, in the AFC. Uh, they're coming off two great seasons in a row. Um, and, 
you know, the Cardinals, even though they're in the NFC West, which we both think is probably one of the strongest divisions in, in football, um, we both were of the opinion that they were probably the the fourth best team in, in that division. Uh, but they just came out there and laid laid the wood on Tennessee. For real. Um, they made the uh, Tennessee's offensive line just look miserable yeah. in that game. Yep. Um, and, you know, Tennessee just could not get anything going on offense at all. Yep. Uh, they made a lot of mistakes. There was looked like there was some discontent and and um, arguing going on along the uh, Titans sideline. So that's that was not a good way for them to start out the season at no. all, um, and a really surprising huge margin of victory for the Cardinals in that game. Yeah, and that's why. Yeah, I mean, I, just to skip ahead. That's why the Titans are are falling a little bit, just because. Yeah, they it was a really poor performance at home, you know that, and so that's just something where you can't really can't let those home games go like that right it'd be one thing if they had lost and it had been like a you know buzzer beating field goal for the win something right. like that but they got absolutely destroyed yeah they and weren't so, really competitive from right 95 percent of that game right, right. Uh, which was surprising yeah and then the other team i would call out here too is the texans we kind of went back and forth a little bit on on this i i think you could make an argument that they would fall into the neutral category mm. Um, they kicked off the season against Jacksonville, uh, which is also a, a bottom dweller. <laughs> We're firmly in that camp. So it wasn't surprising at all that the yeah. Texans won won the game, but they did it in pretty impressive fashion, and it was a large margin of victory. So, you know, uh, you know what they say about good teams. They beat bad teams by a significant margin, and uh, they did that. So. What, yeah, and I think that the interesting thing about that is, Paul, is that I don't necessarily believe that the te- Texans are going to be a ten-win team, really. No, but um, but they I, after that game and after the way that the rest of the AFC South played, they could win the division. Why not? Yeah, right. I mean, the Titans will have to t- you know improve, and the Colts, I you know are really going to have to do something mm-hmm. based on their performance. So you know, why not the Texans? The only team that really at this point is standing out as not having any chances yeah. the Jaguars. So, yeah. So, yeah. Well, and the Texans do have some talent on their roster too. You know, they have more, it's a certainly a more veteran roster. Yeah. Um, uh, probably a byproduct of them drafting so poorly over mm-hmm. the last several years. <laughs> um, but, you know, they've been able to sort of cobble together a, a, a roster full of experienced players sure. on both sides of the ball. So you never know if they can come together and, um, embrace that underdog mentality and um, that the whole world is against them. Yep. Maybe, uh, maybe they got something there, but again, yeah. it's only one week. So. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then the only other team to mention here is the dolphins. They went into Foxborough. Normally they beat the, the Patriots at home when they're in, uh, uh, in Miami, but they actually won in Foxborough. It was a super close game. And I think you could make a very good argument that the dolphins got pretty lucky mm-hmm. with some late fumbles by the Patriots, but nevertheless, dolphins hung in that game and won. So certainly they are. I, I would not say they were neutral. I would. I was actually expecting the Patriots to beat up on pretty pretty good. So um, I, I'm like a little bit more optimistic for the dolphins. But uh, just on the other side of that coin, um, we'll look at uh, some of the teams that you know really are disappointing. So I'm I'm pulling the Packers off here. I'm not. Uh, you you convinced me otherwise, Paul. But uh, uh, but the Vikings. We got to disagree on something. Yeah, uh, we already had it. anyway. The Vikings. <laughs> uh, we we talked about the Titans and Colts already, but the Vikings losing to the Bengals. You know. Um, they, the Bengals are on the rise, but only because the expectations were so low. So the, but the Vikings, you know, again, 
should be a game. That, you know, if you compare that to the Cardinals Titans, Cardinals went into Tennessee and won. Not only did they win, they won handily. The Vikings, if you're going to be a contender, you got to be. You got if you're going to contend for that NFC North division, you've got to go into the um, to the Bengals and beat them and not have it go into overtime. You know, you right. got to win uh, with a little bit of room to spare, and they didn't do that. Yeah. So that to me is a problem. It, it uh, was impressive. The only, the only positive that I took away from that that game from the Vikings' perspective is uh, that they were able to to close the gap and yeah. and and get the game to overtime. Right. They were down twenty one to seven at mm-hmm. one point or 24 to seven 21 7 21 7 yeah so uh they did uh score 21 or sorry it, then it was 24 14 and then it was yeah they 24, scored 24. Like, yeah so um closed that gap right at the end kicked yep. a 53 yard field goal to tie it up and take it to overtime but um couldn't seal the deal there so i i agree with you 100 they they looked bad in that game yeah uh made some pretty critical mistakes, both on offense and on defense, uh, bad decision-making. Um, and you know, it's not like the Bengals looked great either. They, <laughs> right. They made a lot of mistakes too. And, um, really just beat the Vikings with some big plays, yep. uh, some breakdowns. Um, so despite having some breakdowns and, and bad, um, bad mental mistakes and, and, uh, bad performances on the field by the, by the Bengals, the Vikings still couldn't overcome that. Right, exactly. So, and then finally, the Washington football team. We have them on here as stock falling. They did lose. They kept the Chargers close, so that you could almost make the case that they're neutral. But they also lost uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. So that's just a reason not to really trust that they're going to um, have a. Yeah. Uh, that I would just set their expectations a little bit lower on what they're going to be able to do. So any time a team loses their starting quarterback in the first week of the season and has to play the next six to eight weeks or more with with their backup uh who's also young <laughs> yeah that's gonna be rough yep yeah yeah so uh taylor heineke is uh he's he's a great story he played in the he was in the playoff games last year and almost and almost beat the the bucks he had he was as close as any <laughs> yeah, <laughs> any nfl right. quarterback was to be in the bucks last year so you know if they're if we have him wrong and ryan fitzpatrick is not as important as the rest of the you know as, as we think then They'll be then we'll certainly move them back up and turn the in the in the uh, stock rankings. But in any case, that's enough of that. I think we covered that was the hot take counter. I think we've covered all of our lukewarm takes for this first week. Next yeah. week we'll have some really yeah. hot takes, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, I'm nice and full. I've got a full belly now. Yeah, all right, very good. So we'll cover the rest of the uh, rest of the games. Let you know how the crowd did. So. Uh, we'll start off with the Thursday night game. We talked about this already a little bit. The Cowboys were in Tampa Bay. The Bucks were ten point uh, by close. Uh, they were ten point home favorites. The total of fifty two and a half. Uh, the Bucks won on a last second field goal, thirty one to twenty nine, uh, which meant that the Bucks won. But the Cowboys covered the spread, and the game went uh, over that fifty two and a half. So our crowd had uh, the crowd the Bucks winning uh, twenty nine to twenty. So that meant that the Bucks won. The uh, Cowboys would cover, and the game would go under the forty-nine. Or excuse me, the fifty-two and a half. So that meant the crowd got the Bucks win and the Cowboys cover correct, but missed out on the total. I think the crowd was probably expecting the um, the Bucks defense to do quite a little bit more in terms of limiting um, the Cowboys offense. So, yeah, I agreed for sure. Yeah, we were talking about <clears throat> the uncertainty around Dak, Dak Prescott's yep. health and. Uh, he proved to be healthy. Yep. So, there you go. Uh, aided that total. All right. 
Uh, next game we have is the Eagles in Atlanta against the Falcons, who were three-and-a-half-point home favorites over the Eagles. Uh, the total was 49, and the Eagles uh, won in a route, as we mentioned, 32-6. to six. So that means the Eagles won and covered, and the total went under 49. The crowd predicted the Falcons to win in a relatively um, comfortable fashion, about 26-22. to 22. Um, so the crowd had the Falcons winning and covering and the total to go under 49, uh, which it did. So the crowd gets one of three there. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, move up to Foxborough. Uh, the Dolphins were in Foxborough, as I said. Uh, the Patriots were three-and-a-half-point home favorites. The total was 43-and-a-half. Another relatively low total. Uh, the Dolphins won um, on a missed PAT, I think, uh, 17 to 16, which meant that they won and covered the spread being underdogs and the game stayed under that 43 and a half. Um, our crowd had a slightly higher scoring affair. Uh, the, uh, Pats winning 23 to 21, which meant that the Pats would win, but the dolphins would cover and the game would go just over that 43 and a half. So I mentioned earlier how, uh, the decimal points count, uh, the crowd had a 43.92 total. And so unfortunately they got that wrong. So they, they did get the dolphins cover correct though. So nice. Yeah. We'll take it where we can get it. Uh, the next game we had on the on the slate was the Chargers and Washington football team, but since that was my barrel wager, we've already covered that. Right. Uh, the crowd got the Chargers to cover the spread was their uh, single correct prediction, prediction of that game. All right. Thank you, Paul. All right, and then uh, so we'll move along to another NFC West team, uh, the 49ers. Uh, we're in Detroit. The Lions were 9.5-point home underdogs. The total was 46. Uh, the uh, 49ers won 41 to 33, uh, which meant that they won, but the Lions covered, and the game went over the 46. So our crowd had the uh, 49ers in a lower scoring affair, 27 to 17, which meant that the 49ers, they, the crowd thought the 49ers would win and cover the spread, and the game would stay under the 46. So the crowd only got the 49ers win correct in that game. So <laughs> just a just a brutal bad, bad beat, beat that one, yeah, for sure. All right, uh, the next game was the Steelers in Buffalo. The Bills were six-and-a-half-point home favorites. The total was 48, and the Steelers won 23-16, meaning they won, covered the spread as underdogs, and the total stayed under 48. The crowd got one prediction correct on this one as well. Uh, they predicted the Steelers to cover that spread, uh, but not to win the game, unfortunately. They, the crowd ha- <clears throat> excuse me, had the... Bills winning roughly 20, we'll call it 28-22. So the Steelers cover, as I said before, as underdogs, um, and the total stayed, uh, or the crowd had the total staying, uh, sorry, going over 48 at 49.5, which leads to them only getting one of three. Yeah. Yeah, that was too bad. That one, looking back, like that would have been a good under bet too, that game. Yeah, 48 seemed kind of high for that one. Yeah. Yeah. And the Steelers' defense looked pretty ferocious yeah, in that yeah. game. they are uh they are an under team i would bet under on, on most of those most of those games this week so yeah all right we're moving on right along we talked a little bit about this game already but the vikings um were in cincinnati the Bengals were three-point home favorites the total is 47 the Bengals won outright 27 24 which meant they won and covered the spread and the game went over the 47 uh, our crowd had the vikings winning um 26 to 22, uh, which meant that they would also cover the spread and the game would go over just by a bit, uh, but the total 48. So the crowd did get the over correct, but missed out on the Vikings winning and covering the spread. All right. The Jags were in Houston where the Texans were three and a half point 
home underdogs. The total was 45 and a half. Texans ended up winning that game 37 to 21. Uh, so they covered the, the spread as home underdogs uh, by winning outright, and the total of 58 went well over the 45 and a half. Our crowd had uh, a pretty low scoring game here with the Jags pulling out a 21 to 18 win. Uh, so that meant the crowd thought the Texans would cover as underdogs. So that's a that's an interesting thread the needle pick by the by the crowd predicting the uh, uh, predicting the underdog to cover, and the total was 39. What, that was what our crowd predicted. The totals, yeah, yeah. 39, Sorry, I'm so. getting getting a little thrown off here. Uh, yeah, crowd predicted the under. Um, so the uh, crowd gets the Texans cover and nothing else. Yeah, I mean, this is again another another wearing a barrel game. Game, you know, I give you the Jags and 17 points, and yeah, you you would take that bet probably most days, twice on Sunday. Um, so yeah, and you know, <laughs> I mean, even the I, I would I would I was shocked when I saw the Texans had scored 37 points. It's pretty nuts. So yeah. Anyway, um, at one point weren't they up like 37 to seven or something like possibly, that? Yeah. Possibly, possibly. Well, in any case, so let's move on. Uh, probably the most exciting uh, game of Sunday, not the most exciting game of the week, but the most exciting game of Sunday. The Browns were in Kansas City. The Chiefs were five and a half point home favorites. The total is 54 and a half. The Chiefs won. Uh, Right, just at the wire, uh, thirty-three to twenty-nine, which meant that they won. But the Browns covered the th- uh, spread in what we call a thread the needle uh, result, and the game went over the fifty-four and a half. Our crowd had a high-scoring affair as well. Uh, the Chiefs winning thirty-two to twenty-five, and uh, which meant that our crowd thought the Chiefs would win and cover, uh, and the game would go over the fifty-four and a half. So the crowd got the Chiefs win and the over correct, but missed out on the Browns covering that spread. All right, and the Cardinals were in Tennessee, as we mentioned before. Uh, Titans were two-and-a-half-point home favorites. Total was 54, and the Cardinals won in a blowout 38-13, to 13, meaning they covered the spread. The total stayed just a little bit under the 54 at 51. And our crowd had uh, the Titans winning and covering in uh, about a 29-25 to 25 score. Uh, so... Yeah, like I said, crowd crowd thought the Titans would win cover, and the total would stay under just under uh, fifty four by mere decimal points. Uh, and we live by the sword on this right. one. The crowd gets the under, correct, uh, just barely, but yep, just unfortunately barely. nothing else. Yep. All right. Well, finally, uh, the Ravens were in Las Vegas on Monday Night Football. The Raiders were four point home underdogs. The total was fifty. The Raiders won in a thrilling victory in overtime, 33-27, to 27, which meant that the Raiders won uh, outright, and co- meaning they covered the spread as well, and the game went over the 50. Um, our crowd had the Ravens winning narrowly uh, for uh, about 28-23, to 23, um, which meant that the crowd thought that Ravens would win and cover the spread, and the game would go over. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, just as just as we said, the Ravens went— actually, yeah, so that spread was right at 4.5, it looks like. Uh, so that, yeah, just a little bit mi- missed out on the cover just by a bit, but also got the over just by a bit. So, uh, not, I, I won't spend too much time on this game. It was a, a really, really exciting game. I was, I was very surprised by how well the Raiders defense played. They seemed to, they, they came up with some really big plays when they needed to. But on the other hand, if I'm going to like try to temper my expectations, the Ravens were literally 
pulling guys off the street to play running back. The, the Ravens have just been absolutely decimated by injuries. And there were a couple of injuries, significant injuries for the Raiders as well. So um, it was an incredibly exciting game. But I also will think, okay, let's the Raiders got to put a couple of couple of these games together. They're playing the Steelers this week, so we're going to know a little bit more about them. But it was an ex- extremely fun game to watch. Yeah. I, 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 although I think if it hadn't worked out the way it did, I would be feeling a little bit differently. But Yeah. Uh, no, it, was a, it was a fun game to watch, even yeah. for a, um, an impartial fan of those two teams, such as myself. But it was cool to see the, the new stadium, yeah. the yeah. New, new environment. Um, obviously, first time they're playing in front of home fans yeah. in, in Las Vegas. Uh, and it actually doesn't sound too weird to call them the Las Vegas Raiders. No, it's getting, yeah, it's getting <laughs> cool. It is, and just one, one one other little note: like the last game that they played in Oakland was against the Jaguars, and it was like a just like a monumental collapse. Yeah. The, the Raiders had the game in hand. Some weird things happened. They ended up giving up the ball to Gardner Minshew with less than two minutes, and then Minshew just walks down the field, yeah. scores a touchdown to win the game, and it was a brutal way for the to close that stadium. So it was a nice way to. Uh, to to open the, the stadium to fans, so uh, very redemptive victory. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's. Uh, th- those are all the games. Uh, so we'll cover our winners, uh, individual winners this week. Um, so, um, on the prediction score side, our friend, uh, good friend, we love you, we love you, Robert. Robert Sturgill, uh took the week with sixty total points. Um, he uh, had a really nice uh, showing across all three. Um, uh, categories so uh but on the straight up side uh, we have a new player his he goes by pig Venus, uh and he had um along with paul and jesse harris uh jesse welcome back uh he, they've all had nine straight up predictions uh, that is they pick in the winners and um on the spread side that's where robert uh started to shine he had 10 correct along with jesse harris um and then uh robert led led outright on the over-unders with 11 uh, total uh, 11 correct on the over under. So that's how Robert ended up pulling out the win uh, for this week. Um, also wanted to mention that we are bringing in some sports writers uh, just to kind of keep track of how it's like the quote unquote experts do. Uh, and Vinny Iyer in the first week of the season nailed the Vikings Bengals game, which is kind of interesting because it was also an underdog. He picked an underdog to win outright. Wow. Picked him 27-24. Now, the, 27, if you picked every game 27-24, you'd probably get a couple of bullseyes if you wanted yeah. to, but of course you got to get the teams right, so that's not quite so easy. So, Yeah, that, I mean, that's a guess. pretty bold prediction. Did he, um, did, did that score prediction come with any sort of um, commentary from him? I don't think I saw anything. I, I'll, I'll have to check his uh, column this week, so he's on the Sporting News, so yeah. Um, Anyway, he he's actually he actually performs relatively well, so uh, I'll, we'll we'll keep track of them. We have a group called the Sports Writers on the site. And okay, we'll keep everybody. We'll keep track of everybody's picks there. Yeah, great. All right, well, um, I'll cover the stake stacks of the week. Sure. So, um, one uh, aspect of the the game and the kind of the scoring model uh, for Steakhouse Sports that we haven't quite mentioned yet this season is the the stake predictions. So, uh, along with each score prediction that you make for each game you have the opportunity to kind of put your money where your mouth is, so to speak. And, um, uh, regard in regard to the, uh, spread and the over under. Um, so when you make your score prediction, you can kind of double down on it by, uh, picking between one and three stakes for each of those two, uh, components of your prediction, uh, to, to essentially wager. And then we keep track of that, 
in terms of re uh, return on investment. So however many stakes you wagered versus however many you lost and won. Uh, we kind of net that out to uh, calculate a return on investment. And then, of course, we also keep track of the biggest stack of the week. So mm -hmm. um, in this case, Pig Venus <laughs> uh, wagered 54 stakes overall and netted 18, which is a 33% return on investment. Uh, so he wins the biggest stack of the week with that haul of 18. Um, and then our old friend, Michael Raymond, wagered only two stakes, but turned a 100% profit. Got, so, it, got it right. That's yeah. all that matters. Yeah. So, all right. Very good. Well, congrats to everybody that won. Uh, thank you very much for playing. We hope we will see you again uh, this coming week. Uh, and then uh, just uh, should, do I make my do I make my barrel my barrel wager now? I think I'm gonna. Well, no, I can't. I can't. I don't want to do that one. Let's see. What 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 games are interesting this week, Paul? Yeah, gonna, I don't know. Oh man, it's tough. You know what? I think I might. Um, hmm. I'm looking for some of those games that are where the spread isn't quite so big. You know what though? I think I'm gonna pick. All right, I'm gonna pick the Chargers to cover the three and a half. So this is going to be my first pick. I got to make a second one, but I'm I'm picking the Chargers to cover the three and a half against against the uh, the Cowboys. They're hosting the Cowboys. I think they're gonna. It's going to be um, even though I think their home field advantage is a little questionable. Justin Herbert is looking really good, and I don't yet trust Mike McCarthy. So I think it's going to end up being probably a touchdown, maybe ten points uh, for the Chargers. So I'd okay. probably be happy okay. to be wrong about that, but that's where that's where I'm going with. That's my first barrel wager. Interesting, interesting. Okay, um, I, I like your reasoning. I, I would not have picked that one myself. Um, I'm just scanning through this. I'll I'll go ahead and make mine now too. So one that stands out to me right away is the Saints uh, Panthers. So New Orleans is a three point favorite. I know I'm probably uh, over indexing on their Week One huge win over mm -hmm. the Packers. Um, that's, it screams recency bias, but the Panthers didn't really show me anything in week no. one either. And, uh, I know it's a divisional matchup, so it's a little tricky, but I, I'm, if you give me New Orleans, uh, minus three points against the Panthers, I'm taking it. All right. I mean, uh, yeah, part of me is thinks on the one hand, Jameis Winston on the road, you're putting all your money and all the clothes on your back on Jameis Winston on the road. But on the other hand, the alternative is Sam Darnold. Now, I will defend Sam Darnold as being the victim of Adam Gase in the, in New York, but nevertheless, that's not that's no, you know, that's a pretty safe bet against at least until he shows you something different. So, yeah. Well, the Panthers defense is not anything like the Panthers' defense of years past. True, true. They all right. St they still have that's some playmakers right. I, there. I'll, so I'll, that's a that's a you, that's a bold pick for no, if nothing do, else. Do you take uh, Do you take Jameis Winston against the Panthers' defense to score more points than no. Sam Darnold that's versus right. the Saints' defense? That's, that's the logic. You're right. You're yeah. you're on it. You're on and, it. And only three points. That's a good man. Damn it. Three that's points. A, that's a good. That's a good pick. I wonder what that line was before uh, last week. Should go back. I don't and know. Look. Uh, you can go onto the site if if you're ever interested. Anybody's ever interested, you go to app.steakhouse.sports.com and go into every game. We actually have the line movements uh, in um, in each of the games. It's also on the app, um, and um, 
you can see how the line has moved over basically the last week or so. Yep. Uh, so it's just, just kind of interesting. I'm, we're also going to add the we're also going to add the odds in there uh, over the next week, so you can see like uh, where how kind of the bets are flowing. The the interesting thing is when you're looking at the odds, that is to say like minus one ten down to minus one hundred five up to minus one fifteen or whatever. Um, the to me that feels like that's the sports books like fine tuning the money. Um, whereas like the, the line movement itself is a lot bigger. It's like a lot more meaningful, but you can see kind of, I think where the sharp betters are betting when you watch the, the yep. odds. So it's yeah. kind of interesting. So anyway, um, so what was, what was the game we were looking, we were just talking about the saints game. Yeah. Saints oh, you know, I don't Graham. have, we don't have prior to, um, prior to this week. Mm. So that's unfortunate. I think the first day we had, it was probably Monday. Okay. So uh, that's too bad. That is, that would be a good question though. I'm sure we can find it somewhere. Yeah. Um, and also regarding barrel wagers, um, we make those official using Twitter. Yep. So uh, I'm at P. Cullen. Chris is at Ghost Motion. We have at, at House of Stakes is our uh, Steakhouse Sports profile uh, handle on, on Twitter. Um, so Chris, you and I individually tweet to Steakhouse Sports to, to ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> to at House of Stakes every week with our barrel wagers, except for when Chris forgets. Um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll make that official on Twitter for this week as well. Uh, using these same predictions. Uh, we would encourage you to do the same. If, if you have a barrel wager um, or, or any other prediction that you feel super uh, bold about or strongly about, uh, please send us a tweet this week uh, at house of stakes on Twitter. Yep. Uh, and speaking of that, other ways to connect, you can head on over to steakhousesports.com As I mentioned before, spell steak, Either way, like the meat or the bet, to download the app and start predicting. And remember, winning a week gets you some shout-outs here on this show. Odds do update daily, though, so please make sure to check your predictions before game time. And uh, feel free to compete directly against Chris and I by joining the Steakhouse Sports crowd on the app. You can also follow us on Twitter using handle at House of Steaks and on Facebook at facebook.com slash steakhousesports. Of course, you can always contact us via email at podcast at steakhousesports.com. Oh, and by the way, if you're playing along with us at home, please give the app a rating in the App Store. If you want to see improvements, leave us a review, and we'll be sure to take care of it. And while you're in the reviewing mood, please give us a rating or review on iTunes, for sure, because it helps people discover the show. All right, Paul. Just like you're in mid-season form already with that, (laughs) so thanks a lot. Yeah. All right, Paul, well... Thanks, as always, uh, for starting off the season. It's been so fun just in these two episodes to get back together and uh, and start working on the season again. I'm excited for how the season's going to go. So with uh, week one wrapped up and in the books, uh, almost nothing is settled, unfortunately. So we're still excited to see which teams prove us right or wrong in week two and see if the crowd can build on its decent start and uh, really show off its wisdom over the course of the season. Uh, but whatever happens, we'll be back on the other side of the weekend to talk about all the games and the crowd results, and we hope to see you there. So until then, I'm Chris. And I'm Paul. And we hope you enjoy your steaks. Thanks for listening.